Hello and welcome to an all new episode of The Spotlight. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And I am so happy to be here with you tonight. We are going to chop it up and talk about all kind of lovely, wonderful things. But before we do that, let me introduce someone who's lovely and wonderful all the way live from the great place called Paradise, Hawaii. It's Jen. How are you doing, Jen? Hey, I'm doing good. I, I, I have to say every time that you introduce me, Hawaii starts sounding better and better. I'm starting to think that you could get a job with the Tourism Bureau out here, and then you wouldn't even need to visit me. You could just work out here. Well, you know what? I can do like Total Recall and just have, uh, <laughs> you know, just they just make me believe that I've been there, right? I mean, that is, you know, it's just the memories, right? That's all you need, so... I'm, yeah. I'm a little scared to ask what kind of memory I would be involved in there. <laughs> Let's make it a happy memory. Really super happy, okay? It will be happy. Come on. It's, right. it's you, Jen. It's, it's going to be happy, right? <laughs> so, just to let you know, your picture is coming up on, on the video. So, oh, sweet. So, All right. So uh, also joining us, and he's going to be our uh, get our main guest today, but he's going to chop it up with us. Uh, you've seen this guy before. Uh, you know, we, me and him, we've gone toe to toe many times about a lot of different topics. It's the one and only Patrick Voss. How you doing? How you doing, Kente? Uh, I'm glad to be back finally as a guest. And, and it's been a little while since you and I have uh, chopped it up. As you say, I can't wait to get into this episode. Man, your camera is extra extra clear uh hey logitech 1080 it's a logitech c920 1080p camera i'm i'm gonna go order that like tonight listen kente <laughs> 89.99 at at f uh, fye or excuse me at uh at uh, fries and uh the softbox lights as well the softbox lights on sale right now on amazon i believe they're 75 bucks yeah that's see that's the thing too is the lighting gotta have the the right lighting and then, and of course, the great camera. So, so, uh, but I'm glad that you were here, man. And you're going to chop it up with us. So we're going to talk a little uh, inside uh, business and then we're going to, um, everything's going to be all about you. So are you down with that? I am down with that. I mean, uh, who, who in broadcasting doesn't want to hear about themselves? Right. Right. You know, what I had to, <laughs> you know, you know, what I had to learn as a podcaster is like, you know, I'm so, you know, used to interviewing people and asking them questions. And then what would happen is I would go on someone else's show and then somehow I would Jedi mind trick to now I'm asking the host questions. I would forget that. I, no, no, I'm the guest. I can talk about myself. You know, it's it's it's, it's real difficult. Like I had to stop myself from doing it, but I think I've gotten good. And we'll find out because after we record this show, I'm going on Patrick's show. We're going to talk some sports. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, he'll be on episode 39, actually. We're almost we're almost 50 pieces of content into the JCT podcast, but he will be episode 39 of the interview series uh, right after this on uh, JCT podcast on YouTube and jctpodcast.podbean.com. It will be pre-recorded, not live. And what you were saying, real quickly, uh, what you were saying about being a guest on other people's shows and being able to chop it up with them, I much rather prefer doing this than my own show. And I know people will be like, why don't you want to control your own show? And the answer is no, to an extent, because I can not just, I'm not talking about me, 
but I can afford to get into topics and not have to lead the conversation. I can get into topics and be a guest and just kind of relax because it is a much more, as you will probably attest, and uh, Jen can as well, it's much more, uh, uh, or it's a much easier task to be the guest than to be the host. You don't have to worry about nothing but just talking. So that's right. It's a beautiful thing. It's it's a beautiful thing. So let's let's talk some. uh, Well, you know what? Before we get into uh, some of the topics I wanted to hit up, I'm not. It's not on me. But I. This is the the reason why I'm bringing this topic up is not me. It's Jen. It's all Jen. (laughs) It's all me. She's like, there's (laughs) no way we can do a show and not talk that today is 420. (laughs) <laughs> oh so. hell yeah <laughs> so jen since you know that's your favorite day <laughs> how are you gonna okay. celebrate or how did you uh, celebrate okay well it's my favorite day because my youngest daughter was born today right so i mean i'm under sort of a contractual obligation to mention <laughs> that that you know she's my youngest she's you know my favorite youngest i guess i have to go that route and uh yeah so this is uh this is this is that day although I, okay look don't get me wrong when i say this okay like a whole bunch of people can write me and hate me if they want i have never seen so many white people this year celebrate 420 ever <laughs> i swear I, I, it's like people just crawled out of the woodwork to go, whoa, hey, yay, 420. I, I swear, what? Where were you last year? Where were you the year before? It's uh, all, The new laws have definitely made some interesting new extroverts out of 420 as a holiday. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. And did you hold on to make sure your daughter was born on 420? Did you like... She was. She should have been like two <laughs> two days early, but you're like, nope. She's oh, so close. We're gonna make it. Oh, I, I I definitely planned it. Did you know that also today is, uh, <laughs> of course, today's Hitler's birthday, but today is also apparently the birthday of the Prophet Muhammad. So this day has all kinds of crazy associations with it. So she was either going to turn out destined for some greatness or she was going to turn out to be a serial killer. I kind of rolled the dice on it. Wait a second. So you're telling me this is a day for Hitler, weed, and and, and fairy tales. (laughs) I hope you like that. Um, I, I think what I'm saying is, you know, this is a this is a consequential day, no matter how you dice it up. You can dice it up any way you like and find some meaningful consequence out of it. It's definitely a rare day. Yes. And it's your little girl's day. So, Ma- sorry, Hitler. You got to move over. Sorry, you know the- Mohammed. You got to move over. You know, the truth is that I was getting so close when uh, she had to be induced, right? So, I was getting so close to the to the day that she basically needed to be born. And they said, well, why don't you just wait until... Uh, Monday and have her be born on a Monday and Monday happened to be the 23rd which is my birthday and I thought I cannot do that to a child that is just that's, no <laughs> no you cannot be born on the same birthday as your mom so yeah we made a choice to have her be born on 420 oh, see see so it was on purpose I was right it was <laughs> you're you are right mm-hmm. see I, I, I know my stuff I know my stuff I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, Jen, you, you wanted that, 
420 date? It was probably a plan from the beginning, from conception. It, well, yeah, it, in a matrixy kind of a way, I probably chose it subconsciously just so that, yeah. Basically, just so that you and I could have this conversation right here, right now. <laughs> That's right. And we yep. will probably have it next year, too. So I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. Yes. So, uh, so everybody, uh, congratulations. And, you know, don't get too high. <laughs> but you kind of slid something in there. And uh, that Monday is your birthday. Right. Is it, it Monday, right? It is. Yeah. Do you know what day I share my birthday with? Um, let's see, Genghis Khan. Uh, I don't think so. William Shakespeare. Oh, really? wow. Yeah. Wow. No. Wait, so you get Shakespeare and your daughter gets Hitler? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was either that or she could have been born on my birthday. What do you want, you know? <laughs> mm, the, you know, the, the downside of being born on Shakespeare's birthday is that apparently Shakespeare also died on his birthday. So, mm. again... It's just sort of a roll the dice, see what you get kind of thing. How, do, how does someone die on their birthday? That sucks. Yeah, it sounds a little too convenient and contrived for me, but. Yeah. Same day you come into the world is the, way, the same day you going out. So that's funny. All right, so let's, let's change the subject a little bit. Now, normally we do this at the end of the show, but I want to do this in the beginning and then kind of dovetail into... Uh, into our topic and then you know we'll talk uh, with our guests um, so let's talk about the weekend box office um, and I'm I'm gonna uh, kind of go over the weekend box office and then talk a little bit about the new movies that are coming out so uh, all right so number 10 was Chappaquiddick uh, number nine is Terry T Tyler Perry's uh, Acrimony Number eight is I Can Only Imagine. Number seven is Isle of Dogs. Number six is Black Panther. Black Panther still making money. Man, Number still five. holding on. Number five is Blockers. Number four is Ready Player One. Number three is Truth or Dare. Two is A Quiet Place. And number one is Rampage. So Rampage just eked out a Quiet Place in its uh, second week. Uh, well, Quiet Place is second week. Um, I have not seen Rampage uh, yet. I don't know if I will. Maybe I will. I got a movie pass, so if I'm going to see it, it's going to be for free. Uh, <laughs> but um, And uh, I did see A Quiet Place, and I saw Truth or Dare uh, last week. Actually, I've seen I've, all the movies in the top ten. I've seen one, two, three, four of those movies in the top 10, which is pretty big for me because uh, um, for a long time I didn't go to the theater like I, like I used to back in the day. But, um, so The Rock wins again. Uh, his last movie was what? Jumanji? Yeah. And that was like a runaway hit. I mean, that movie did so well and so many people love that film. That was uh, goofy fun. That was really fun. You know what cracked me up was when, like, I didn't see the new Jumanji yet. But the thing that that uh, that cracked me up was people were saying, you know what, they better not mess it up. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I like the original Jumanji, but it wasn't like the original Jumanji was like uh, Gone with the Wind or something. You know what I mean? Like it was, you know, it was a, a good movie, but it's you know, let's slow it down. You know, with the, you know, um, you shouldn't mess it up or whatever. But 
Can, can I add something real quick? Sure, sure. Uh, the reason people are saying that, and, and we all know why, it's because Robin Williams has passed away. If Robin Williams was still alive, nobody would say that. I don't think anybody would be on anyone's case as hard as they are now if Robin Williams is still alive. Because Robin Williams would still be making, doing stand-up comedy, he'd still be making movies, people would still talk about him, he'd be relevant in that way. And I think because he is gone and no longer with us, now it's time to start getting on everyone's ass, or butt rather, uh, for not, you know, remaking these movies, which remakes happen all the time. One thing I'd like to say, I listened to your top 10. The only reason that Black Panther is number six out of 10 and not uh, not better on that list is because basically one through four are brand newish movies, right. are, are newer than Black Panther. But Black Panther made a killing the opening couple weekends on uh, at the box office. So yeah. I still think that uh, out of the top 10, Black Panther is my favorite. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's just the top 10 as far as money this weekend. Weekend box right. office. Wait, wait till uh, wait till Infinity War, and they'll blow they'll blow everyone out of the water with Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, you know, just just to just to go back to that topic real quick. You know, I can totally understand purists. I totally get it. I mean, when Thomas Mallory wrote La Morte d'Arthur, I think that they just should have stopped there. Why do we have to have so many other King Arthur stories? Look, it was done in the fifteen hundred. We don't need to have it redone. So, yep, I totally get it. No, that's ridiculous. I'd, I've never understood why people want to keep something as if the story is somehow going to be enshrined in plastic wrap for the rest of eternity and never to be touched. Retell it. Do something different. Have fun with it. Uh, different audiences, different times. If, if we really thought that and didn't get to see this version of Jumanji, we would all be really sad because it was really funny. It was good. I mean, not good like, you know, it's going to win some Academy Awards, but it was just awesome to go watch. So so was Rampage, by the way. Well, I, I do highly recommend it. It was really fun, too. Well, and that's something I have an issue with because I played the original game Rampage. And to play the game where it's just it's just these beasts wrecking and you you get a high score for just wrecking buildings and, and cities and now all of a sudden because it's a movie now they have to make it where you know there's somebody that's a friend of the beast basically or if one of i just i really i would have to say without even seeing it i i absolutely hate that that angle out on it only because there's it's not rampage it just has the name on it it just has the name the three beasts that were from the original game, and that's all it has. Yeah, and the uh, the monkey or the gorilla. I'm sorry, George. Yeah, he wasn't albino, right? He was, yeah, he was just a brown gorilla, right? So uh, there was different versions of in Rampage, but yeah. Oh, okay. You know what the funniest thing about Rampage was when you died, you just turned back into a human, and then you're like covering your jewels. And you're like just shyly getting off the screen. I thought that was so funny. That was so funny. I, I love that game. I probably they probably got a lot of my money as a kid uh, <laughs> putting quarters in that in the arcade playing Rampage. Uh, you know what? I need to see if I could uh, play that. Oh, uh, I'm gonna see if we can download it. That that might be fun just to go back or not. <laughs> you know, because sometimes you remember games being so much fun, and then you're like, you know what? I want to play it, and then. You start playing and you're like, this shit is wild. That's, 
That's like ninety percent of all the games I've ever purchased on Steam. <laughs> well, oh, wait a minute! I remember this being way more fun than it is. Well, it's like the old '90s NHL hockey games. You know, they're so fun at the time because of the graphics and what they were beating out and everything else. And all of a sudden, you come back and you uh, you have 4K capable games, and you go back to that for two seconds and go, "Wow, what the what the hell was I thinking?" Right, Blades of Steel. Remember that? That that was fun. Oh man! And remember remember that baseball game called Bases Loaded, where if you hit somebody, they would charge the mound, and you. Oh my god! So I remember that game. That was fun. They took the fight. There was fighting in basketball and the football. I mean, um, oh. uh, I guess it was in football too, right? And uh, and they uh, took it out. And NFL Blitz, yeah, the old uh, Blitz yeah. games. Uh, but do you guys remember um, Ken Griffey Jr. baseball? Oh my God, you're going way back. That was one of my favorite all-time games growing up, other than like Super Mario Brothers. That was the game that you would find me playing the most of the time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man, I love you know those those games were so much fun. But you know, I have a uh, an emulator on my computer, so uh, you know, and I you know I have some NES games, and some of them are still fun. They're still fun to play, and they're good little time wasters. And others, they're like, dang, I, when I was a kid, I must have been very slow. <laughs> if I thought this was fun. <laughs> It I wore, I wore a helmet to school and took the short bus. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty much, right. So, uh, um, so those were the, the top ten box office. Let's uh, see the new movies that are coming out this weekend. Uh, actually, there's only really three movies to mention that are probably worth mentioning. Uh, the first one is I don't know if you're a fan of Super Troopers. You have Super Troopers Part Two, that's coming out. Um, I'm not going to read the synopsis on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have uh, Traffic, which actually I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Traffic with uh, the beautiful Paula Patton and um, Omar Epps. Uh, that looks like it might be pretty good. I'm, who knows? I might go see that. I got my movie pass, right? I can see it for free. Uh, and then we have Amy Schumer's I Feel Pretty. I am not a fan of Amy Schumer <laughs> in the least. I don't care for her. I don't think she's funny. Uh I didn't see Trainwreck, but I heard it was pretty good. Um and I don't know. It's just something about I just never thought she was very talented. And I thought she was okay. I thought she was okay, but if you look at Trainwreck, uh the funniest parts about Trainwreck and I hate to say this, but it was Bill Hader and uh, and LeBron James. They were the funniest parts. Oh, I'm sorry. No, back up and uh John Cena. The, all the supporting cast, not the main character, but the supporting cast were were the funniest parts of the movie. Hey, maybe I need to see that. I, I like Bill Hader. Bill Hader's great. He was hilarious. So, yeah, I think I think that guy's so talented, Bill Hader. But um, not to be a hater, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I almost and, signed off of this just now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a big Amy Schumer fan uh, at all. So, but good luck to you, Amy. <laughs> Here's a Mars bar, and I go to the corner. She's right. she's, she's she's got her own fan base. She's doing fine. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I I don't dislike her as much as Kente, obviously, but uh, but no, I just thought that that particular movie, um, the supporting cast was definitely the funniest part of the movie, and she did have some good you know little lines in there here and there, but it it, it helped that she was bouncing all of her energy off of you know, what the other people were giving her. Hmm. 
you know what? I might if I get it if get some time, I will definitely check it out. And you know, I'll be fair. I'll be fair, Amy. No, you won't. Let's 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 not kid ourselves. We don't believe you. Sorry. Yeah. We know you too well. Your bias (laughs) shows through. We you can't help it. He's already got the Bill Clinton smile. You know he's lying. (laughs) Well, you know, hey, you know. Just, 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 to, just to give you a he- quick heads up about I feel pretty and how, uh, and how it's already been received. It's only got a thirty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so um, yeah, that kind of hurts. That's <laughs> pretty much throwing what Rotten Tomatoes at yeah. <laughs> uh, Now, okay, so before we get into Patrick, I, you know, it seems like I don't want it to turn into the the Netflix show, but because we still have another uh, Netflix segment that we'll we'll do on the original content but i think this story is so good that you found and uh kind of give us a, an overview of of it and we'll talk about it a little bit uh jen uh, are you talking about uh netflix purchasing the netflix yes. purchase okay yes. all right so we all know that steven spielberg has uh, a hate on for netflix original content and you know i think that uh that the biggest complaint that we all had in the last podcast about this was we were just not we were not uh, 100% clear how Steven Spielberg was even looking at whether original content what he was calling cinema and what he was calling uh, made for TV and so Netflix has been struggling with this and they've really been struggling with it hard with the film festivals where they can't even get their films into the film festivals unless they have limited releases first And then that dovetails into they can't be Academy Award worthy, if you will, also if they don't have these releases. So what Netflix has done is kind of ingenious, but it may really change how Netflix is now rolling out its both its series and its movies. What it's doing is looking into purchasing theaters in the areas where they have mandatory limited runs. So your movie doesn't have to have a full theatrical run, but it does have to have a limited run and it has to be in certain engagement areas. So Netflix is looking at purchasing those theaters in order to basically showcase its own original content to get around that uh, restriction that the Academy has placed on original content being uh, considered Oscar nominated uh, material. The interesting thing to me about this is that Netflix Look, Netflix will not be denied. I I don't understand why uh, altogether the movie industry wants to push against Netflix so hard. They're going to figure it out. And if this is the way that they do it, then they've got them dead to rights. They've got the movie industry dead to rights. The, The one thing that sort of sits not great with me is that this really does interrupt how Netflix may end up showing its theatrical releases because they're all going to end up coming out to be timed with other theatrical releases so that they can get within that academy window that seems a little that that's kind of one of the things that's really awesome about netflix is that you've got all kinds of releases at all different times and so you're not waiting for stuff to happen you're not waiting for the may schedule you're not waiting for the november december schedule Anyway, that's, I think that's huge, both for the movie industry itself and for the Netflix reckoning, I'm going to call it. 
Okay, so I'm gonna say something just so Patrick will be will know what happened in the last episode. Uh, me and Jen, we generally agree with almost everything, right? But I was in the Steven Spielberg camp of um, I don't see Netflix movies as um, films that should be nominated for Oscars unless they have a adequate uh, theatrical run. Whereas Jen is in the crazy category where she believes that movies that are shot for television should be get an Oscar. She, I think Jen thinks everybody should get a, a, um, a, a award uh, if they participate. I don't agree with that one, but um, so now- No, 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 no. no, no wait a minute. Say, that is not what I said. And she didn't say get an award for participating. It's not participation. It's the ability to participate. Right, I know, but I, I had to make it sound worse than it is. Come on. Of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Continue so, to villain. Yeah, you know, so, uh, and I love Netflix. I have Netflix. I had a Netflix account way before it was cool. I had a Netflix account where I had to explain what it was to people. <laughs> like, people were like, what is that? You know, and then, you know, I remember putting DVDs in envelopes. See, a lot of people who got Netflix now, they don't know about that life. Okay? So I am not anti-Netflix. I am pro-Netflix. I love Stranger Things. I love, you know, uh, House of Cards. Well, I used to love House of Cards before they got rid of my boy. But, so what I'm saying though is I, I see a difference in the way that the content comes out. I, I agree. I don't believe that unless they have a theatrical run, I don't believe that they should be nominated for Academy Awards. I think they should be nominated for Emmys. Right, and but the end really run, the, 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 I mean, basically the end run now is if it's got a limited theatrical release, it, because we're, we're not talking about series here. We're not talking about Stranger Things or Lemony Snicket or Lost in Space. We are specifically talking about basically the same caliber of major motion picture, but just being a Netflix original. So when you look at uh, Beast of No Nation, that did actually have some theatrical run, but they still disqualified it for reasons. And, <laughs> and if, they, if they can figure out a way to get through the technicalities, I don't see any reason why the content itself is any less worthy of an Oscar nomination just because of where it's shown. I know we're not going to go back into that whole argument, but you know, to me, the venue doesn't make the content. Jen, did you see Bright? I did see Bright. What did you think? Well, <laughs> I don't think, th I think that if, it, if they wanted to send it for the, in front of the Academy for your consideration, then great, yay, good on you. But I don't think that it should have gotten any account. Oh, no, not, not that. Just I'm talking performance wise. I mean, Will Smith, yeah, he had to play the same dazed and confused type of, uh, you know, I'm not sure what's going on with the system type of person uh, again. Uh, but I did like it enough that I think that that at least on, on, the, on the doorstep of what you're talking about should, should be proof enough to say Netflix originals can be nominated. Right. And, and it, it, it moves into the, uh, like the idea that then, you know, Bright is a great example. 
none of the VFX in Bright can be considered for any of the uh, science and technical awards given to the given to movies by the Academy because it doesn't meet the qualifications of venue chosen to be played. And that is to me a significant uh, piece of it's a missing piece that look, I get it. I understand why an Emmy is an Emmy. Right. And I have done quite a bit of thinking about this since our last broadcast. And to a degree, I am willing to concede that there are some things that are specifically made for TV movies, which don't meet all of those criteria. First of all, a made-for-TV movie tends not to be a theatrical-length release. That's one. But two, Netflix is in the... They are in the business of making major motion pictures just because they are choosing a different venue. And this is a venue that we just we just don't have enough technical understanding of it, I think, to, to truly sort of embrace it into what we want or to put it into a mainstream view because of that we now have to figure out what to do with netflix as a major motion picture distributor a uh, major motion picture well major motion picture creator i mean there's i don't see how we can deny that um and again i'm not talking about movies that netflix picks up from overseas and says this is a netflix original because we had something to do with part of the production i'm talking about <laughs> stuff that ends up being in-house from netflix start to finish like bright no i i mean as i i just for the, I, I think this is kind of petty though them you know trying to find a way to sneak in the game like that well if uh, if you're being held out though this is this is i think jen's point and and i agree with her on this is if you're being held out purposefully because you're netflix and people don't want to be your your competition because they yep. see you as the biggest competition then yeah no find find a way in ingenuity is not pettiness <laughs> right ingenuity is the hallmark of civilization and humanity kente so not going to be denied Whatever. I, I mean, like, like I said, I don't want to sound like I'm the Netflix enemy. I just don't agree with Netflix in this situation. And I'm a movie snob. So, uh, you know, I just to compare a Netflix film that some, like some of their films, like Beasts of No Nation, I would put in that category as far as um, but it but if it's not going to be on in the theaters and if it's going to be in the theater for like a week, that, that shouldn't count. Um, it just shouldn't count. Um, it just seems like it's not right. You know, if it's being shot for specifically a TV format, it that doesn't count. Well, like Black Mirror, the, the series, and I know we're talking just movies, but the series Black Mirror, great series. Like some awesome performances throughout the four seasons. I will say, though, I would not obviously go to a movie theater and see something that had a had a light production look to it like Black Mirror, but the acting in it, the performances in that series were great. And I think that that alone, just because I don't want to see it and spend $50 in a theater over here in Chicago, and I want to see it for $10.99 a month, then yes, yeah, I, I, I would choose $10.99 a month to see another Netflix original like Bright or like Black Mirror, the series, or or uh, a few other you know series that have been made. And and that to me is, is completely worth it. You know, the, and, and apparently the, Skype loves you. The, the one that comes to mind is first they killed my father because 
that Ooh, has that's... all the hallmarks of critical accolade. Well, it has critical accolades, but it's got all of the hallmarks of critical acclaim. And, and it's got everything in it. It's got technical uh, perfection in parts of it. It's got an excellent script. It's got great direction. It's got beautiful editing. And the subject matter makes it really, to me, the subject matter is where it gets uh, Oscar worthy. When you, when you factor in what is happening behind the scenes at, and, and I'm not on the board, so you know I, I can't tell <laughs> specifically what's happening, but it really looks like a bunch of people who are basically saying, this new technology cannot possibly be as good as this old technology, therefore we are going to, like I said the last time, it's the good old boys club versus the new kid on the block. And the good old boys are saying, no, new kid on the block. I'm sorry, you don't fit here. And I don't think that Netflix belongs in the Emmy category either, because if you know anything about how production happens for uh, an NBC or an ABC or even a uh, CW, it's sci-fi. They're all really different. These are not... the the method of production is different. The method of distribution is different. And I, I don't know. I just feel like they're not giving Netflix a chance. So look, Netflix has more money than God right now. There's no reason that they shouldn't go buy theaters if that's what... It, let, let the Academy then come up with another reason and let's really see where this argument is going and what it's really philosophically about instead of well, it's this technicality or it's that technicality. I think we actually got to get to the philosophical uh, differences about what's going on. That's my opinion. No, I mean, you know, I mean, there you make some good points. I'll give you that. But overall, I just believe that uh, most of, um, I think most people um, would agree with me in that if you make a movie that's for television is not a Oscar. It shouldn't be an Oscar film. But but you're separating the two, though. You're saying for television, and we're not saying that. So you're just saying something we're not talking about. We're, it's not a you know it's not a for television because Netflix is a paid service. If I wanted to watch NBC or like uh, like Jen said CBS or whatever else, and I want to watch that new production that uh, John Legend was in of Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm not paying $10.99 a month for that. I'm not uh, just for that one thing or just for that. That's not an exclusive to that. So I can stream it later on YouTube. I can watch it on, on wherever I need to. But the thing is, with these, with the Netflix original movies, not a made-for-TV movie, but Netflix original movies, that is where it's at, and they can do whatever they like, but they're going to get a lot of flack for it and a lot of pushback for it because they are the movie industry's biggest competitor. They are? They're the reason why a lot of people don't go to uh, to the cinema anymore. Well, that's because it costs you again an arm and a leg just to go see a uh, a movie. Well, and see that that that's where I think the philosophical difference is really coming in. The real the real philosophical nitty gritty here is cinema is dying because they cannot seem to embrace a new way of thinking for a new generation of people who are using technology differently than they have in the past. And the whole idea of business is adapt or die. And movies cannot be held to some different status just because we love them as an art form. Look, you know, I love a Renaissance painting just as much as everybody else does, but I don't want to see a Renaissance painting in front of my living room where my TV is. 
I embrace new technology. I do new things with what I've got around me. So, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that I don't see your point of view too. I do. And forever in a day, HBO, Stars, Showtime, Cinemax, they've all been struggling with this too because when they put millions of dollars into their productions, they also have to be only considered for an Emmy. And I personally don't think that that's fair either. If you're a paid service and you are streaming content, then my opinion is that you should at least be on the same playing field. They can make their choices. The The Academy will still make their choices based on merit, but at least let them get on the playing field. I'm not saying they're going to be the best team out there. Just let them be on the field. No. No, well, no, I, no. I feel like the Academy are like a winning an award right now. It's the old people saying, get off my lawn and I don't like new things. Yep, like that's, that's I, I, I don't like change. That's kind of what I feel like. I, I don't I, know. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and I love the movies. I mean, I love the cinema experience. There is nothing better for me than to sit in a theater and watch a movie, any movie. I mean, I'll even go see junkie movies because I love the cinema experience. There is something Zen about it, but I, but there's also a pragmatic part of me that understands that this is not, not only is it not for everybody, it is a small niche of people who want to experience content this way. So we have to be willing to embrace new platforms of content while still acknowledging that there is excellence out there in different venues. Yeah. Well, we can, we can debate this uh, on and on. Forever. But, but I, I think that this is, <laughs> I think it's a great topic and I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes. But like I said, I'm a big Netflix fan. Uh, even though I haven't watched anything in a while on Netflix, uh, I did watch Bosch on Amazon Prime, by the way. It's a great show. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it is what it is. They're going to do what they're going to do anyway. So, you know, who, are, who am I? But uh, let's get to our guest of honor. This guy, you know, me and him, we've been going back and forth for a while now, uh, you know, uh, about a lot of different topics, mainly about sports. But, we'll, you know, we talk about a lot of other things as well. Um, so, Patrick, uh, you've been, uh, I think we met on Blab, right? We did. Yeah. So yeah, we were we met on Blab and you were doing the uh, what show were you doing then? It was the That was the late night mix up. That was my very first show. Late night mix up. Three man. years ago. Three and a half years ago. That's crazy, man. And uh now, man, you, you got JCT popping and you just doing your thing, man. I'm I'm so uh proud of you, man, because you really been grinding. So uh, for those who may not know about, uh, you know, uh, about JCT and all the other things that you're doing, just kind of give us an overview. Okay. You sound like me and my show now. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name's Pat. I run JCT Podcast, which stands for Just Chill Truth. The tagline is all truth all the time. My truth, my true opinions. I do an interview series uh, with sports and entertainment uh, figures, whether that's anywhere from baseball, hockey, soccer, tennis, I don't care. WNBA, we go across the pond, whatever. Cricket, I will cover it all. Anything that is relevant in the news, in sports and entertainment, meaning movies, music, um, 
uh, even now, polit- I mean, come on, since 2016, who can't talk about political affairs? So that is exactly what I do. I talk about everything. I've had you on. You and I actually did a four-hour episode, which you can go check out at JCT Podcast on YouTube and jctpodcast.podbean.com, the audio version only. And that was a four-hour interview or a discussion session prior to the McGregor-Mayweather boxing fight of last August. That was one of my favorite episodes ever, and we just we couldn't stop. It was not a it was not what I thought. I thought it was going to be an hour long episode, and we ended up being there for four hours. So that was great. Uh, again, you know, some of the people I've I've talked to, I've talked to ex like like Hall of Fame uh, ex pitchers in the MLB. I've just talked to Jim Morris, which I'm next week, who who was the actual rookie, not the Disney movie, uh, but the actual rookie, Jim Morris. Uh, I will have him on the show next week. And then uh, I also have talked to a few MMA figures as well as Conor McGregor's coach, Coach Kavanaugh, the Monday before the May- uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight. And that was awesome. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, uh, there's so much to talk about with you. Um, but let, let's talk about this. Um, now, I know you're a big MMA guy, right? Yes. And recently your boy then lost his mind. <laughs> uh, attacking buses and stuff. What, what's the God, deal? What's the, yeah, what's the deal with that? And and what's the status of that? So I'm going to talk a little bit about the Joe Rogan podcast, and I hope he doesn't mind me stealing his podcast name here. But um, his podcast, the Joe Rogan Experience, I watch it all the time. Every new episode, I'm I'm actually updated, and he's over a thousand episodes. I'm I've watched every single one of them. Great he show. recently talked about after the the incident at uh, in New York where Conor McGregor and about 20 of his guys flew from Ireland to New York City before UFC 223 just to antagonize not even a bus full because that's not where it started. Originally, it started with, and for those of you who don't know, Khabib Nurmagomedov, rather, I can't say his name. Uh, he is the current lightweight world champion of the UFC, uh, which was Conor McGregor's old title uh, before he vacated it due to not participating in competition. He was too busy making millions of dollars fighting Floyd Mayweather and knocking out Eddie Alvarez. So he has stepped away from competition, hasn't competed. November of this year, I believe, will be two years since he's competed if he doesn't compete. So it's been a while. He had to give up both belts, the featherweight and the lightweight belt. But Khabib is the lightweight champion, undefeated in his career, 26-0 now. Uh, he was 25-0 before the fight. And he had uh, Artem Loboff, which is one of Conor McGregor's sparring mates. He's a big fan of Conor. They're, they're best buddies. They, they train over in Ireland together. He trains them and, and really helps them and thinks that uh, Artem is going to be the next big thing that you never saw coming kind of like Conor McGregor. So uh, there was an incident between Con- or between Artem and Khabib. They got into a little shouting match earlier. They said something about somebody's girlfriend. Something else got into it. And then all of a sudden, uh, Khabib tags him a little bit, slaps him in the face, and, and holds him like a kid in the back of his neck like he's shaming him. That was an incident between Artem and Khabib. Well, Artem told Conor about this. Conor then flew to New York the day of the press conference before the fight, the Friday before, the day before, rather, uh, a UFC 223. And 
he he gets in there. Uh, Joe Rogan was saying, and my point to Joe Rogan was, Joe Rogan was saying that he thought it might be cocaine-induced. He might be angry and, and on something because he said he doesn't look boozed out. He looks like he, you know, he goes, but cocaine will do that to you. And he looked like he didn't mean to start that that way. He wanted to, by his statement, he wanted to rouse up the the audience around. He wanted to catch him before he got to the bus so that there could be some confrontation because then after Khabib fought the next night, he wanted it to be setting up a match between Khabib and Connor later on this year and get that hype of we hate each other. Everybody's going to buy this. Right. It turned violent because some of the members originally he got very frazzled. He goes out towards the bus. It's on video on YouTube and everywhere else you can find it. He goes out towards the bus and he starts throwing. He tries to throw a guardrail and the guard and the guardrail. You could tell he wasn't going to throw it because of how he had it raised. He wanted someone to stop him, but he wanted the action of, oh, my God, Connor's gone crazy and hates Khabib. He wanted that to be the image. But then uh, one of his uh, little goonies, you know, his little goons uh, threw a trash can. And then he decided to pick up a, a dolly, a small dolly about the size of himself and chuck it at the front window of the bus. So he chucked it at the front window and it shattered the glass in the front window, part of the front window and actually ended up uh, a few different fighters, Mike Chiesa and uh, a few different fighters ended up with lacerations around their face and their, their chest and their arms and things like that from the glass. And Ray Borg, who was supposed to fight, I think, on the undercard of UFC 223 on that Saturday, ended up with a cut on his cornea. So he was gone. He was out for the fight. Had to, They had to pull that fight. Three full fights got pulled from that card because of this incident. Mm -hmm. Then Connor ended up in court. He had to pay. He has to pay uh, $50,000. Um, excuse me. Re re replace that. $500,000. Uh, and then show up back in June after a week after UFC 225. I think they're going to set up something where Connor fights in June right. because uh, in the court, uh, Connor's lawyer said they have competitions the week of June 7th. So can we move it to a week later so that they can afford to be in those competitions and then come here, you know, due to the nature of, of what they do for a living? And luckily, the, the, the judge gave them special treatment and said, OK, I'm going to charge the, the, the other uh, couple of offenders, 250,000 apiece. Connor, the big offender, you're 500,000 and we'll see you back here in June. So that is where it stands right now. And he has at least two to three or more lawsuits being filed against him right now because of the incident and could be paying millions upon millions of dollars out in settlements before it goes fully to court because he wants to just end it. He wants to pay out the money. I, I know he will. He'll pay out the money. He won't go to court with these other lawsuits, but he will show back up in June to face what he did uh, in front of the judge. Yeah, which should happen, because that was that was very unfortunate what happened, um, and those people got hurt. Uh, but, you know, when especially when you got money, and everybody knows you just got that big payday, you know, haircuts go from $10 to, uh, you know, three grand. That'll be $500. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they're definitely going to get in deep into his pockets. So, uh, but he got the money. He got it. So, he'll be well, fine. 
It, it, it was a huge mistake, though. I mean, what was he thinking? I understand if that was your original intent was to hype up a, a match for the undisputed lightweight title later on this year, like September, October of this year. I could understand that saying, look, Connor is going nuts. He's in the back just yelling at Khabib and threatening him, but they're just like, you know, standing off against each other. That would have made sense. But the fact that he took it way too far and now that people got hurt because of it, that, I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. And, 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 I, and I love that everybody wants to say your boy because, yes, I am a huge Conor fan and myself being Irish, yeah, I stand for the, the Irish fighter who came in and predicted how he was going to knock out f other fighters and went in and did it and made millions of dollars and nobody believed he was ever going to fight Floyd Mayweather and he drags Floyd Mayweather out of retirement to earn a, himself a hundred, a hundred million plus payday off of that one fight that he only could use his hands. And yes, he almost went all 12 rounds with him. So I'm just saying it was whatever, can't they? But I'm just saying I, I stand behind that kind of guy for the fighter aspect. But when he does some bonehead shit like this, I, I, I'm not saying I'm abandoning, abandoning him, but I just want him to get his shit together so that when he comes back, he comes back full. He pays off his lawsuits. He goes and settles with the court, however they got to do it. Hopefully, he doesn't end up in jail because of it, and he comes back and he fights and only focuses on fighting. Yeah, he can talk at the press conference, but don't let this idiot do anything else because you can see what happens when he gets full of himself. Yeah. Look, give me $100 million. You wouldn't see me. <laughs> I disappear, man. They'd be like, whatever happened to Kente? I'm like, I'm somewhere chilling. I, you, know, I, you know what? All the anger in my life would probably just dissipate. You remember that guy they said uh, bought the Walking Dead franchise? Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hilarious. Wait, I have a question. Mm -hmm. All right, so <clears throat> I realize that this is maybe more philosophical than just sports, but I, I just have to ask this because you have expertise here and I don't, right? I only see this from the outside. But <clears throat> do you think that professional athletes have a, a responsibility to both their sport and to, I'm gonna, just going to call it the culture at large, to behave in a way that is perhaps a little bit more morally ethic- or encompasses more ethics than, you know, just, just, just the, the normal person. And, you know, when I say it that way, it sounds like, of course, you know, we should all have high standards of ethics, but I'm really asking if you think that professional athletes are held to a standard that perhaps is unsustainable. No, it's not unsustainable. I mean, if see, the thing is, I, I would say it'd be un, unsustainable to or, or unattainable uh, to a person who is broke, a person like myself. Like if I wanted to be an athlete and I was grinding day in and day out trying to be uh, the best baseball player I could be. But I knew that back like back in the way back day uh, uh, when players weren't getting you paid very much at all, but they were still doing it because they loved to play baseball to me. Uh, for someone who's broke, that is what you would 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 um, make me want to act out. If if I was if I met somebody in a bar, I met somebody like like this Connor incident happened or whatever. If I have a choice whether to act like a fool or not act like a fool, but I know I'm not going really back to a paycheck. I know I'm not going back to a million dollars a year. Is it more in me to then let that foolish side out? 
whether that be, you know, uh, uh, physical or verbal or whatever, versus a person like Connor who, and I will say this, this is a personal story between him and, and it's in, actually in his new Notorious movie. I don't want to try to, I know we're back on Netflix here, but on Netflix, there is the Notorious movie that just came out recently uh, for uh, Connor McGregor and his rise up through when he started all the way through uh, the Mayweather fight. So uh, he does say in his very first professional fight, he jumped around after he knocked the guy out. He jumped around in the, in the ring and his coach, John Cavanaugh, took him to the side and said, look, you won't be fighting for me very long if that's how you conduct yourself after a win. If you don't conduct yourself professionally and you don't show a little bit of, of common courtesy or respect towards your opponent, it, it, it takes the mixed martial arts and that, and that discipline uh, aspect out of it. And yeah, he does stunt around and he does walk around and a lot of these athletes carry themselves too highly. And that's something I wanted to say. And thank you, Jen, for bringing this up because when I'm trying to book people for my sports show, you can tell what the money has done to some people. I've talked to a guy who doesn't have anything going for him right now, but was one of the highest paid major league baseball players uh, in his era. I asked him, I'm not going to name names here on the show, but, uh, I asked this gentleman to be on my show and he basically said, no, I, I don't think that your show is good enough to be on. Oh, and I'm thinking, sir, you're not doing anything with your life. Currently you played baseball. You could hit a baseball. If I wouldn't have gotten hurt. And I will say this right now, I don't want to toot my own horn, but if I would not have gotten hurt in high school playing baseball, I truly believe I would have had as equal, if not a shot, as most of these guys that try to get in. But since you, after you get hurt, after you start accumulating injuries, all of a sudden, all your opportunities go away. So for him to act like my show or any sports show, for that matter, is beneath him, I took that very disrespectfully. And I think that that's where Connor is now. I could have gotten an interview with Connor. Let's say I started my show in 2014 before he made his first professional debut against Marcus Brimage, uh, his first UFC fight. I could have probably gotten an interview with him then if I would have known who he was, like known enough about him. I probably, he was humble enough then. Now he's made over $100 million total, plus all his other fights in the UFC, and he's planning on coming back later this year and making even more millions of dollars and being a co-promoter with the UFC on these events. Now it's gotten to his head. I can almost guarantee you I wouldn't get a, I wouldn't even get a nod my way from him now. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, you know, the, the, re the reason that I ask is because in the news recently has been uh, the whole thing with Lance Armstrong and his settlement to pay back the government, the $5 million. And he, I, I, I sort of get like trapped down this memory lane kind of thing where, you know, the professional athletes come up and I, I love them. They, they're just, I mean, they are at the pinnacle of physical perfection, <clears throat> not, you know, in, in a way that, that, that most of us will never get to. And so you, you idolize these people and then, Things like this happen <clears throat> where personality, or I shouldn't say personality, where things that they do, judgments that they make, then cloud the ability for us as 
fans, as people who want to be their cheerleaders, really interferes with our ability to kind of get behind them. So uh, you know, I, I can kind of see why a lot of the people that I, I can see why a lot of people are really let down right now it, it, overall by both of those situations, because these are the people that we idolize. And when they make these bad judgment calls, it is just, it's hard to reconcile. You, like you said, you're getting paid millions and millions and millions of dollars. Well, l- let me say something though. Uh, and, and I don't know if Kente will agree with me on this, but we had a conversation a while back about, about the snitch on the Lakers, about playing, uh, being with another man's girl and all that. You and I were talking about that whole situation. Right, right. Uh, so uh, what I want to talk about is a lot of those, like the cheating scandals and all those other things that come out, whether they're true or not, like, like Patrick Kane from the Blackhawks uh, uh, a year or two ago, um, when Tiger Woods got in trouble and was, or was in the news rather because of cheating on his wife with so many of these like prostitutes and these other people and these, you know, whether they're playmates and there was like, uh, tons of girls that were coming out about this because once the first one talked about it, now it was all of them want to be like, Hey, I want to be in the spotlight. But to me, it, it was a big thing of a lot of the fans of Tiger Woods, female fans of Tiger Woods are disappointed because it's a personal attack. I think mentally to them somehow when it's, when it's cheating or when it's something physical or when it's something relationship-wise, it has to do with them personally somehow, even though it, it doesn't at all. So I, I'm not going to name the person that I spoke to shortly after um, the Tiger Woods situation started unfolding, and she was completely opposed to watching him anymore because of what he did to his own wife. Let them handle their business. Let them handle their business. He, Yeah, he did mess up. That is a huge mess up. But handle, let them handle their business. And like this Khabib thing, this was actually on a stage for a UFC event. That's why I'm so disappointed. If he got into the brawl with the guy that was supposedly a, a McGregor got into the brawl with the guy that was uh, an Irish gangster over in Ireland and that whole fiasco unfolded, that had enough, has nothing to do with the fight game right now. The, yeah, the fact that he attacked a bus full of fighters not caring who was hurt or what he was doing at the time. That's where it's scary shit. And that's where he needs to be reprimanded. But for people to feel like they can't follow somebody, but Michael cheated, Michael Jordan cheated. Okay. The best basketball player of all time, but guess what? He's still the best basketball player of all time. Doesn't matter how you slice it on the court. He's the best ball player off the court. He gave himself marital issues. The two are not connected, but the the media wants to connect the two. And then the, the the fans, especially, like I said, if it's a cheating thing or something marital or relationship wise, a lot of female fans immediately disconnect. Yeah, you know, and, and I don't see how male fans would disconnect from that too much. Not that they're behind him for doing that, but that that they just understand that those two are not connected. They're not they're They're very logical they're not emotional first i think they 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 see that it's not connected but i i hear that a lot and not just by saying i'm trying to stereotype somebody as many people as i've talked to that's from from females that is the same response or from women that is the same response i get time and time again yeah so i don't don't know it's very interesting uh, um all of this about uh how we, we should expect our 
uh, athletes to act and all of that stuff. But I'm like this. I'm like, look, as long as you bring it on the court, on the field, you know, for the most part, I can look past mostly anything. So as long as as long as you're not Aaron Hernandez. Okay, so okay, so let's just turn this. Let just one time. Just humor me here. So let's just turn this one time on its head, okay? Right. Because when I turn this around and I look at the number of people who totally despise uh, Colin right now for what he for for basically for taking a stand for do for taking a knee for for doing what he wants to do without factoring in anything that has to do with his physical ability or the ability to play at all. See, this is why I ask. I I ask because I wonder myself if society has not sort of gone off the rails with professional athletes and held them to a standard that we ourselves are not willing to hold ourselves, basically ourselves to. And I I don't know what the answer is, but it seems like a really worthy question to keep out there and in mind when we're looking at brawls like this, when we're looking at people making bad judgment choices or what we think are bad judgment choices without really having both the full picture or kind of a a spread of information that you might need in order to make that kind of judgment. It's, it, it is, it's a tough position to be in though. I must say to be a fan and not listen to media hype all around you that says, you know, because of the way that the coverage is about, especially the MMA event, I mean, the coverage was all bad. It was not, there was no good stuff that came out of that. But and that so, wasn't an MMA event, though. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I guess what, what I'm saying is by proxy, by association. It, it feels to me very much like what we're doing is taking people in, in, in their professional careers and holding them to, holding them up on pedestals that they cannot possibly stay balanced on. That's that's all that I'm thinking, because, again, the reverse is true. It is clearly not that we are just looking at people for their physical ability. If that were true, then people like Colin on the football field wouldn't be not getting tryouts. There is something more pervasive about our culture right now that says that we all have to pick a side. And and in sports, maybe even it's it's may even be more hyper it's more exposed in, in sports than it is almost anywhere else because you're naturally picking a side anyway. You've got your team. I've got my team, you know, th- those kinds of things. But when it comes to the personalities within sports, I just feel like we really set, and it was a perfect example because, because it, because I don't think that we all know enough about any of these people to make those kinds of choices for them. But I'm I'm really glad to hear your perspective because I think you bring something to this that, like I said, you know, look, none of us know the ins and outs of all of that. That was more information that I've gotten. <laughs> I, I can't even tell. Out of all of the press coverage that I saw, that was more information than I think I've gotten altogether. So, Well, let, let me just take it. And, and Kente, you're, you're not going to like me for this one. But, uh, uh, well, maybe some of your listeners won't like me for this one. Uh, any white listeners of Kente turn off now? Um, Uh-oh. I... I know that the, that the Colin Kaepernick situation is just racism paraded around by white America as uh, in, in turn, they're trying to use that and then cover it up with, but it's just because he shouldn't do it on the field and he's hurting our bottom line. They're using money to cover up racism. Agreed. To me, when you say our culture, are, are, are you a white female? 
Uh, by most accounts, yeah. Okay, so let me just be honest here then. When you say our culture, what we really mean is white culture because honestly, it's not, it has nothing to do with anybody else's. It has nothing to do with a minority type of culture because we are the majority still. And unfortunately, when it comes to people saying, you know, we don't like Colin because of this and no, it's, it's just racism. It's, that's all it is. It's just pl- flat out just hating a guy because uh, because you can't stand and you complain to your wife or your husband all the time that that this this the the you know the black guy on TV is getting paid millions of dollars why doesn't he just shut the hell up because he's not the one getting shot in the street and it's like yeah but by your own admittance people are getting shot in the street are we not saying that all it's not black lives matter and none none else should it's can we matter too and that's what they're asking do we actually count as human beings too and unfortunately for african american uh, uh, citizens that's been a question for hundreds of years and now here we are just on a different platform in a civilized society. And this is what we get. We get the owners, the white owners, coming together and saying, this guy stands for this. We all know we're too stiff to stand for something like that. So we're, good, we're just going to act like he's hurting our bottom line and you blackball him from the league. So, you know, uh, the, the, uh, if you go back, a good deal of time in history, right? And you look at the gladiator matches of ancient Rome. One of the things that they used to do <clears throat> is uh, they would, the, the, the gladiators themselves had bigger, larger than life personalities. And if you were a Lenista, if you were somebody who ran a gladiator school, you wanted your gladiators to basically have a reputation for doing things that nobody else did. So that when you heard whatever that was, whether it be scandal or whether it be something really, horrible and terrible or awesome and fearsome you wanted people to associate with that because all media or all publicity is good publicity and i can't say that i don't feel putting aside colin for a second i can't say that all of the just like you said tiger woods and and just all of the the lance armstrong's publicity in and of itself is a magnet for people to pay attention. And so in professional sports, sometimes I wonder if the athletes themselves really care that much about negative publicity. And again, when I, uh, I'm going to go back to this again, but okay. So culture itself, sports culture, when we are saying that this person is an athlete, they they get this because they are an athlete. My question still is the same question, which is, are we holding them to a different standard? And if we are, and is that okay? Because maybe it is, maybe it is totally fine. And maybe the scandals that follow major athletes or, you know, big athletes, maybe that's all good because it's good for the sport. People pay attention to the NBA when something big happens in the NBA. People pay attention to the NFL when something big happens in the NFL. Maybe it's okay. I, I'm, I am actually asking your, what you think. Hmm. Uh, if it's okay that, that the, that, all publicity is good public or is okay with everybody because honestly, yeah, I could see in the MMA game in mixed martial arts in the UFC in a fight game, I could see bad pl- or supposed bad publicity being good publicity uh, because of the, the, 
personas of the fighters, like you were saying about the gladiators. That's fine, but that's a fight game. When you come to a baseball player who is currently playing in the league, not retired, not hurt and injured and never playing again, a person who is currently in the league, like uh, and, and Kente, you'll know who I'm talking, Cliff Floyd. Oh, yeah, I know Cliff Floyd. You know about Cliff Floyd, and if anybody who knows about Cliff Floyd will know that he has one of the worst tempers on and off the field. He is one that I would say he probably doesn't care because he was getting paid good money. He probably doesn't care that what people think of him and how he reacts because that's how probably he was raised or that's how he grew into himself, and that's who he is. So he accepts it himself and says, screw off to anybody who says different. But a person that is like a Tiger Woods who faced so much scandal with that and so much scrutiny – and, and like Lance Armstrong, having all those Tour de France's taken away or like, like yeah. people being paid off, all publicity is not good publicity in certain sports because they're not those big action-packed sports. Yes, like NCAA basketball. What was it? Louisville that got their NCAA championship taken away because right. of scandal. And now it was correct that they got it taken away, but that in and of itself, what does that do for any of the players who ever played? You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't really do anything for them. There's certain sports and certain entertainment, you know, uh, industries or parts of the industry that uh, completely fail due to bad publicity. But I, I think that in a fight game, yes. In the NFL, of course, because the NFL is dying. Um, as far as enter entertainment factor, the NFL is dying. Last year, the Eagles put a jolt back into the NFL a little bit because they beat what seems to be like, like you know, the dark side of football, and they beat the Patriots. So they did what they had to do to to make it exciting again. And and of course, like teams like the Minnesota Vikings stepped up. So they did things to make it exciting. But overall, it was dying. And of course, a couple of years ago, even just a couple of years ago, we were talking about Deflate Gate. You know, right. in the early 2000s, it was about how much the Patriots had cheated off the field and trying to record other other people's practice sessions uh, prior to Super Bowls. So that to me, yeah, that made news. It may be bad publicity for the team and people think that they're all their Super Bowls are tainted, which I, I do believe that. But I, I also think that you can't also argue with, if I'm honest, you can't argue with the fact that Tom Brady has five rings. I mean, you can't argue with it. I hate that, but you can't argue with it. So. I see what you're saying, and yes, for the majority of sports, that works, but for, for quite a few, uh, it also uh, basically slams the door shut on on any future like ventures in that sport. Hmm. Well, you know, uh, going back to uh, the whole Tom Brady thing and the, the Patriots, um, you know, it's, it's funny how if you're in New England, you love them, right? Outside of New England, I mean, there's little pockets that love them, but I wouldn't say that they're beloved team. And I think a lot of it has to do with one is they've, they've been beating your team, <laughs> you know, whoever your team is. And then also the fact that all the scandals that keep coming out about the team and, and all of that. And it seems like they, you know, they get a pass on sometimes, you know, sometimes. And it just seems like things ever just works out for them. Well, when Robert Kraft and uh, when Robert Kraft and um, what's uh, what's the commissioner's name? Goodell. Goodell when, yeah. when Robert Kraft and Goodell are good buddies <laughs> and you start hitting controversy in the early 2000s and you hit controversy in uh, the in the in the uh, the AFC championship game against the Colts uh, heading into a Super Bowl. Yeah. 
you, you know, you, if you're associated with that kind of controversy, as far as cheating to win, yes, that follows you. So I don't think people would be as vocal if the if that kind of controversy wasn't there. Yeah, you'd still not like them like the Yankees because they would be a an overall just great team. They'd be a team that's not tainted by that kind of cheating. So they would just be a great team that you you always are thinking every single year. I don't know how to beat them. We try to beat them so hard and so you know so many different ways, and they keep winning Super Bowls over the uh, the course of however many years you know. And and it's and it's a lot like the the Packers. A lot of Bears fans for the longest time, and they still hate Aaron Rodgers because of this kind of factor. They hated Brett Favre. Bears fans loathe Brett Favre, but if Brett Favre signed with the Bears, he'd be our favorite hero. I know, right? Isn't that funny? It's because we couldn't beat him. He had excellence in his blood. And when we see championship caliber excellence, people that aren't attaining that get very jealous and very bitter. So, you know, so what? So what you're saying by uh, by association here is that what I should do is go out and drum up some crazy scandal for the New York Giants because they need some attention. So well, they already have a guy. That, I mean, their quarterback literally wears a wears a helmet on and off the field, um, <laughs> and, and 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 I have seen him take the short bus to MetLife. So, you know, it's okay. Hey, people know I think this. He's the mouth-breathing Manning. I mean, he he is he is the guy that that can't he wouldn't be able to excite. I mean, come on. He wouldn't be able to excite people that are already hype from like EDM music. Like Look, he can't do it. He just doesn't have it in him. He's not that kind of a leader, which is why yes, he has two Super Bowl titles, but guess what? Those are basically based off of great defenses and good receivers. That's why you have those titles. Without Look, those, you're nothing. I am or have been a Giants fan since I was, uh, I don't know, probably three months old. So <clears throat> this is personal to me. So, you know, if you're going to down talk the Giants. Uh, I'm gonna well, have to sign uh, so, so you watch, you, <laughs> are you old enough to have watched uh, Phil Sims? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you, okay. But that's what I'm saying. At least they had something going. They try to get something going, but it seemed like ever since Eli came to the team, it's all about Eli and not about, and not by his own doing, but by the front staff, like their own doing. Uh, and even what was it a few years ago, they were thinking about getting rid of him and then he stayed. So it's, it's, it's the Eli show over in New York right now. And, and once that ends, then I think the team will begin to heal. Begin to heal. Okay. Yeah. Because I think begin they'll draft, they'll draft a, a very mobile quarterback and they'll start drafting around that quarterback. And they, I, I would say within the next 10 years, the, the New York Giants will have a Super Bowl. Wow, I think you're going to have a, she's going to have a, a voodoo doll with your name on it. I, uh, I, 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 you know, just this is just, this is just sort of from my own personal perspective, right? Because I've been watching this team for so long. And every fan that watches their own team has some little thing that they see that they go, yeah, this is it. This is it. <clears throat> I, the thing that I see about most of the, and this again goes back to the superstar sort of idea, right? If you don't coalesce around somebody on your team that feels like they are, like you said, a leader, then you end up with, even if you've got excellence on your team, you end up with a leaderless uh, group of guys who run around 
and don't feel like they've got a mission or they don't feel coordinated because even when, even honestly, even when the giants were playing really well at, at various different points, they still couldn't get it together. And, and that, that just speaks, I mean, that's just sloppy. That's just, well, you know, let's be honest. I mean, an Eli mouth breathing Manning led team beat an undefeated Patriots team. Okay. That in and of itself was a miracle. Um, but I can't, so the thing is they beat the, the first time they beat them. That was a miracle. That was, I was the only one in fact, and you'll be glad to hear this. I was in a room full of Patriots fans when they played that Super Bowl the first time the, uh, the head catch, the David Tyree catch. And, yeah. um, and I was in a room. I was the only one rooting for the giants the entire game. And when they won, I saw a look, a, a full basement full of disappointed faces. And, uh, and I was the only one jumping up and down and, and, and celebrating. And they hated you. Oh, of course they did, but, but screw them. They were rooting for the team that had won like three and four years. Like, come on. You know, so, I, so <laughs> I just had a feeling. I, I had a gut feeling that the team that was never given a chance in that Super Bowl, the underdog, was going to somehow pull it out, and they did. And then when they met a few years later, they met, uh, excuse me, they met again in the Super Bowl, and... I mean, I fully blame the defense of the Patriots for handing Eli Manning and, and the Giants a second Super Bowl because they had them beat, and they basically said, here, score on us so we can hopefully get something going, and they screwed it up. So, the, yeah, it, it was, it's the coach and the defense screwed up that Super Bowl win, and and that, that's all I can say about that. Uh, because, you know, because every, every major team, and I mean, like, you know, I've been watching – uh, I've been watching a little bit of everything, really. I mean, like one of my one of my favorite things to watch is actually hockey. But nice. uh, if you if you watch sort of every team, every team emerges with some superstar, right? And and the to again going back to the whole idea of you know are the superstars are they actually carrying kind of the ethics of the team? I, the, the part of the the downside to all of this is you get somebody like Eli Manning who who doesn't nothing happens just nothing it's just it's it's year after year after year of just nothing and that i think is just as detrimental i'm not saying that he should go and you know do something crazy i'm saying there's got to be some kind of charismatic presence going and with odell out so much this year that was sort of really missing well, but uh, anyway, but did you really expect, I mean, if he wasn't Peyton Manning's brother, would we really expect anything of him? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the I answer, the real think... answer, the truthful answer is no. I, I, to I any really self-respecting fan, the answer is no. If you're not Peyton Manning's brother, who is already at that time, I believe his first Super Bowl, Peyton Manning had not won his second yet. So he's only had one Super Bowl and it was against our bears who gave up a, 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 a huge game there in the second half uh, of the 06 Super Bowl. Um, but if you're not Peyton's brother, if you're not the guy who is the light, it was it, for a time he was seen as going to be the lifer of the Colts. If you're not that and you're not Archie Manning's kid, you're nothing then. You're just a guy who has a little bit of hype out of what was the old uh, uh, old Miss, right? Yeah, I think he was you're, old Miss. You come from old Miss. You have hype. And then you screw up. You're basically Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> oh wow, Kinte. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know about all that because I believe 
I love Kiefer Southern. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, these are all like great topics. And, uh, you know, the one thing I love about sports is you can talk about so much stuff, politics, uh, religion sometimes, uh, you know, just all kind of interesting things. So uh, and that's what you can get on your show. Right. JCT. Right. Yeah, JCT podcast. I can talk sports, religion, politics, entertainment. Yeah, you know, movies, music. Uh, you know, I'll talk religion, but if if, if if I mean that that's a slippery slope because I'm a big science guy. Um, you know, you, you know, you're talking to a guy who studied theoretical physics and 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 quantum physics for over 13 years now. So I, I don't know necessarily if you're going to slip a whole bunch near me in, in as as far as proof for religion. Uh, but we can have our debates. I mean, that's fine. I, I, I welcome any and all. But well, and I, as I far can, as politics, I can prove, I can prove it. Yeah. Uh, OK, well, we, we can go ahead and talk about that uh, on the show and, and we'll see how far that conversation goes. <laughs> um, no, but I have to kill you so that that's that's how you get the proof is. Right. right. Hey, the, you, know, you know that guy. story we were told when we were kids that it exists in about 30 other religions, but uh, we act like it's only ours. Yeah, you know that one? Oh, yeah, no, no, that's the truth, though. That's that's the right way. And uh, and down with science, by the way. Yeah, the only thing is to prove it, I have to kill you, so. Well, <laughs> hey, good luck coming back to Chicago next time you visit your family. Um, <laughs> right. I'm going to be back soon. <laughs> but, hey, well, let me, let me wrap up, and then I'll shoot it over to you. Uh, JCT Podcast, as I've said about 30 times in this show, JCT Podcast on YouTube, jctpodcast.podbean, like, like like a like a like a, a peapod podbean.com that is the audio only version that's the original podcast I set up for JCT and then I started on YouTube so we have those two uh, and if you if you're I can tell you if you're on the wrong JCT because a lot of people go and I've heard that they can't find my show if you type in JCT podcast on YouTube the first or one of the first icons you will see in the circle is 42 subscribers and myself standing next to Wilson Contreras, the World Series champion catcher from the Chicago Cubs. That is the icon that you will be looking for. All right. And uh, how can we get you in social media? Uh, it's the same for everywhere, actually. It's on YouTube, uh, um, on YouTube, on, <coughs> excuse me, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram. It's all the same JCT podcast. Of course, on uh, LinkedIn, I'm Patrick Voss, but I still have my same exact picture that I do on my YouTube and Twitter and every other facet is me and Wilson Contreras. So, uh, I, you know, I, but everywhere else I go by JCT podcast. All right. And Jen, how can people get you in social media and such? I am pretty much everywhere blog. at following bliss. All right. And your blog? Oh, criticallabs.com. All right. And you can get me at Kente F on Twitter and you can go to our website, IndieRadio.org. We will be back on Tuesday. Uh, one to talk about uh, the next, the newest episode of the terror. And also um, maybe we'll talk a little Westworld before that. If you, if you're up for it. Yeah. All right. we'll, talk a little, <laughs> we'll talk a little Westworld season two. Cause I, I, I heard a rumor that it's supposed to be coming back. Uh, on Sunday or something like that? Uh, is it that is. A rumor. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> That's been so. verified and confirmed. It's on my DVR. Yep. It's coming back on Sunday. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. 
All right. So with all that said, we'll catch you next time right here on IndieRadio.org. Thank you so much. And you guys have a great weekend. And oh, also keep on the lookout. Uh, um, we will be doing uh, another interview today, tonight on um, JCT show, uh, podcast show. And uh, so we'll have that out there so you can check it out and hear what we're going to talk about. Peace.